Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Hakeem Jeffries just can't seem to stop criticizing Kevin McCarthy. What gives? Number two, the bounce back is back. This week, we go deep on San Francisco Mayor London Breed's efforts to bring back the city post-pandemic. And number three, we are progressives like AOC are when it comes to Biden's infrastructure package. All right, Jake, let's get into the number one story of the day. We are looking at how Hakeem Jeffries, the New York Democrat, just can't seem to stop actually criticizing Kevin McCarthy day after day after day. What gives? Yeah, no, it's an interesting thing. So this is like the this is the nexus of power, people and politics, which is our credo, right? This is Kevin. uh, Hakeem Jeffries is the number, uh, I guess, four uh, House Democrat number four. Yes, that's what he is. The number four House Democrat. You know, Anna, there's a lot of Democrats in leadership. So sometimes I forget to count on your fingers, you know, figure out where they all stand. (laughs) They've created so many positions. It's difficult to keep track. Um, He's the number four House Democrat and he is. uh, he has taken a liking to just whacking Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> and and it's something we've noticed over time. Um, and here's a couple of interesting things here. So um, I would say that people who bo- uh, aides to both men, and I would frankly say both men, under- they understand this. They've seen it. They recognize it. But, you know, I would say also that this is interesting for Jeffries. So Nancy Pelosi just, she doesn't even acknowledge that Kevin McCarthy exists. <laughs> like, she's just like, Kevin who? She doesn't say that exactly, but she's she doesn't she doesn't acknowledge that he exists, and that's kind of Pelosi style. Uh, Kev, uh, the number two House Democrats, Denny Hoyer, he... Um, acknowledges Kevin but has a good relationship with him so doesn't doesn't kind of whack him at all Jim Clyburn's also pretty old school the number three house Democrat doesn't go after McCarthy which leaves Jeffries to just completely go after him at all times and um you know it's interesting because it kind of puts whether directly or indirectly it tr- it it elevates Jeffries and puts him kind of on the same level as McCarthy it puts them as kind of foils to each other Yeah, I think to me, it's two points. One, it's generational. So I think you see really uh, the Hakeem Jeffries style politics of this next generation being much more confrontational oftentimes, uh, you know, against their opponents. And the second is what this does for Jeffries in his own caucus politics, right? Where you look at, he is clearly eyeing the post-Pelosi leadership route. And certainly the fellow Democrats around him are looking at whether or not he can be the person to lead them into the future. Can he take on Republicans directly and as aggressively as they may want him to? So those are two things that I think are super important to think about. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And we'll see this today, by the way, because Jeffries and, and he probably won't do it today now that we've done this, <laughs> although we talk, we and we talked to Jeffries about this yesterday. Um, so uh, he is uh, he's talking to the press at about 10 o'clock this morning. And uh, I have to imagine that that he'll probably uh, maybe he'll go after him. Maybe he won't. If he doesn't, we'll just blame him for reading Punchbowl News. All right, let's go on to the number two story of the day. We have our new feature, The Bounce Back. It is back. This week, we are featuring San Francisco Mayor London Breed and her effort to help the city 
you know, basically come back. It, it has faced a lot of tough times through the pandemic. She was one of the first, if not the first, uh, national figure to shut down a city in early 2020. I talked to her uh, at length for this profile that we are doing that you can see on punchbowl.news. Um, looking at you know, saying, you know, I decided to move early because the writing was on the wall, but I never thought it would actually we'd be shut down as long as we were. Yeah. an interesting, I, I would say San Francisco is a super interesting um, uh, example for our bounce back series, which seeks to focus on uh, how leaders lead their their cities out of the pandemic. I would actually say, Anna, that San Francisco is probably one of the most interesting examples, right? Because we just did we just did Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, not a lot of people in an app in a in a um, uh, like a proportional sense, but a, a lot of people in an absolute sense moved from San Francisco to Miami seeking. Um, I don't know. I guess seeking like a cooler place to live. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Well, and better taxes and a yeah, lot of no, things. Right, They've done exactly. a lot of incentives. And I think uh, Breed's pretty wide eyed, you know, clear eyed rather uh, about the the fact that there has been an exodus from the city where during the pandemic, people wanted more space. They wanted to be. Uh, you know, in places that had different amenities potentially than San Francisco uh, and companies that particularly in the tech sector early on made a lot of pronouncements um, saying, you know, we're never going to have to have people go back to work. And obviously we're starting to see that that shift back. But she was pretty bullish on the future. I think they've tried they're trying to really deal with one of the systemic problems that the city has had for a long time, which is all about economic inequality, where you have these you know billionaires uh, you know, in the tech industry. And then there's a huge homeless problem, a huge drug problem there. And so trying to think through using this almost as an opportunity, frankly, to think about housing and other public services and how they can regroup as a community to come back stronger. Because in her mind, this is a lot like the tech bubble uh, in the early 2000s, where you also saw people leave the city, but she feels strongly that they're going to come back. So you can check that out at punchbowl.news. Yeah, also, so just one more thing, Anna, is like, you know, for all the people that have left the Bay Area, there's still a ton of big venture capital firms, big private equity firms that are in San Francisco and around San Francisco. And, you know, the money is uh, uh, the money is where it is. Right. And that's kind of and I so that's why a lot of people think that a ton of, you know, new energy, new companies will stay. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. All right, let's go on to the number three story of the day. We are looking at progressives like AOC. Where are they when it comes to Joe Biden's infrastructure package? There's clearly a teeing up of the progressives versus, you know, the Joe Mansions of the world. But I thought that we have some really interesting reporting in this morning's newsletter looking at how they aren't maybe as agitated as people might expect. Yeah, no. So uh, I caught up with AOC yesterday. She was looking for John Bresnahan, but, you know, I told her she was better. She, she was, <laughs> she had to deal with she you was instead. De- she was better off with me as I let her know. Um, no, listen, I, she is, you know, I, so, okay, every single um, 
House Democrat right now is like a senator, right? Because every single one could sink, could sink whatever Pelosi's trying to do. Um, and we should probably actually even write that this morning. But every single House Democrat is like a senator. And um, I and so so AOC is super important. You know, it's no longer the days where you could just say, "Oh, AOC is one person." Yeah, she's one person with a lot of sway right now with a, a four seat majority. So um, I caught up with her yesterday and I said, what would make you feel comfortable with with the process here? And she said that she with the process of of advancing both the bipartisan infrastructure framework and the reconciliation framework. And she indicated that as long as they're both moving, as long as the Senate passes a budget, she's okay. So like her hair was not on fire, which, by the way, a lot of progressives we've talked to have do have their hair on fire um, or, you know, are. Are pretty hot about this. She is not. She seems like relatively, um, relatively calm and and accepting of the process, which is which is good for Pelosi. I would say because P- what Pelosi's trying to do here is like a double backflip on a on a uh, high wire, right? She's trying to keep everyone together through what could be a long process. Because again, I actually think that all these things, you know, the reconciliation, the bipartisan infrastructure package, these might not come together until the end of the year. Like it, 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 we have a long way to go. So people need to be patient and having people in line and believing in the process is important all right before we let everybody go in last night's punchbowl news pm we laid out the january 6th select committee and what pelosi was doing there one of the things i thought was super interesting and i want to get your take on it jake because i think people are going to be watching this very closely is this concept of pelosi potentially naming a republican to that committee uh a bunch of reporters caught up with liz cheney as she was kind of coming in and out and she was basically saying it's up to the speaker do you think liz cheney is on this select committee probably to be honest with you (laughs) i would assume so be smart for pelosi they the uh uh aides in the leadership let it be known that uh pelosi was thinking about putting a republican on so then who do you say the republican is is it kinzinger or is it cheney who do you get more pop from if you're a democrat uh and it's clearly liz cheney um and yes i think it has to be and i I don't know if it's so the house will pass this resolution i think this definitely this week i'm not sure if it's today or it's tomorrow i think it's tomorrow um, and then Pelosi will name people. Does she do it before the July 4th recess? Maybe she does it like Thursday or Friday. Um, but, you know, having Cheney on would be super interesting. And, you know, yes, I do think it'll be Liz Cheney. I don't think, I mean, who the hell else could it be, right? I mean, no, I mean there's only other people, but I agree No, no, but she's, she's the fine. most prominent person and the most prominent voice and has been the most prominent on, on this topic. So it would make perfect sense for Pelosi to, to put Liz Cheney on. Something we will be watching closely this week. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can follow us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.